Hey there, fine listener. Real quick before we get started, I wanted to issue a spoiler warning because I am a Terminator. I mean, shit, you'll understand that later, don't worry. But, um, I, I, uh, I spoil Stranger Things 1, 2, and 3, and I didn't say anything about it in the episode, so I'm really sorry about that. I should get better at issuing spoiler warnings, but, uh, consider this, this it. And then, uh, I also spoil Endgame, uh, Avengers Endgame, so... Yeah, if you haven't seen all those things, probably don't listen to this episode. I mean, it's time-coded, but, like, I don't know, man. Just just go see all of them and then come back, okay? Uh, it'll be here, I promise. All right, enjoy. Hey, welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about... Movies and more. Um, Alright, so it's time to talk about Stranger Things Season 3. I have been putting this episode off a little bit. Well, not putting it off, but I mean that implies procrastinating. I've sort of just been busy, you know? Everybody gets busy, including me. But uh, let's let's find some time. Let's sit down and talk about some, some more, actually. I think this kind of qualifies as more. Because it's TV, it's not technically movies. I don't know. Alright, so I think before we get started, it's important for me to establish my thoughts on the first two seasons of Stranger Things. Well, I don't really remember uh, either of them. <clears throat> I, um... Hmm. Well, okay, I, I probably have a better memory of season two because I've seen it more recently. But season one, I watched it twice, but I don't remember it very well. Uh, I do remember it being very gripping. I think it's definitely the scariest season, although that might have been just when I saw it. And, um, hmm. The characters are really, really well done in that season. I, um, I remember it all feeling very relatable, and the, the Stranger Things, or, yeah, the, uh, It and, like, Stand By Me, like, the Stephen King and the Steven Spielberg kind of molded into one those connections, I think, are strongest in the first season, and in a lot of ways, that season to me is before it really started to become its own thing, which was sort of, not necessarily a parody of the 80s, but more of a riff on some of its, like, more established tropes, and I think that riff is a a lot better than just outright doing the same thing, which I think to a certain degree is what the first season did. Obviously, it worked out, and it was a really great show, and it had a lot of things to carry it Besides that, but, um, I think it was, I don't know, I think it didn't, like a lot of first seasons, it it hadn't entirely found its footing yet, like it, it, it knew what it wanted to be, but hadn't totally, you know, achieved it, but I think now, especially with the third season, it's firmly found its footing, um, I do remember it being my favorite, though. I think it's the best structured and the best paced. And, uh, standout performances. I mean, this really introduced me to Winona Ryder, or at least, like, modern day. Maybe I'd, like, seen her in movies, but hadn't recognized her. But she's fantastic in the first season, especially. And, um, her relationship with her son and her, well, her sons and, uh, Chief Hopper and everything... That's really well developed, and they all give really great performances. 
and uh, I think it's it's awesome how the show is able to turn Steve from like the douchey boyfriend in the first season into like one of the best characters by the third and one of the main characters as well. I mean, he certainly is a main character in the th- in the first season, but more as an antagonist, not necessarily as a protagonist, which is clearly changed. Um, and I think I definitely like him better now, and I think that shading his character like that was a really good move. And eventually, eventually? I think I just said eventually. But eventually, having him... Um, Having him go off and do his own thing, and then uh, Nancy eventually, like, hook it up with... What's his face? I think that was a good move. Um, Season 2 is, like, not... I don't know, it's not as paced. They definitely try to jam in a lot more stuff, because you got, like I said, Steve's new role, and then you got um the new dude, and you got Max. Um... And you got the, like, the Demodogs and, um, Eleven's, like, f- family? I guess it's, yeah, well, yeah, because she's trying to find her mom. And, uh, and then she, f- she ends up finding all those, all those other super-powered people hanging out in the junkyard. I don't know. Uh, like everyone, I think that's definitely the low point for season two is that episode i think it's six maybe it's either yeah no it's six um i think it's interesting like to give eleven her own storyline completely separate from the rest of the plot but i don't think that was the way to do it and i mean eventually it should have tied in i don't think it should have been as uh displaced as it was but Overall, I think it was pretty well done. I mean, it's better than most shows, but it just, I don't know, I can only be the second one, I mean, to a certain degree. There's not a lot of sequels that do it better, and I don't think it did. I think the first season is uh, definitively the best, even with three now out. Um, but I think two is, is a great, it's a great compliment to the first season it it gives it a little different spin it introduces some new ideas and while it doesn't totally land i think that's where the third season steps in and so weirdly i think this is a situation where every season is better because the other ones exist Uh, however as we move into the third season i think it starts to become very apparent that the show is Ooh, actually hold on hold on Real quick, before I get into that, I think it would have been better if this third, if the first season left off with a more character-based cliffhanger, so that all the plot threads that could be picked up in season two weren't necessarily like the cliffhanger of the whole, he spits out the slug, or whatever, at the very end. I think it would have been more interesting if, I don't really know how to, how to explain this, or like even how to provide an example that could have been used in the show, but something like um, the end of Spider-Man, the first one, where it's possible that there's a sequel, but there doesn't have to be, because all their, all like the main character arcs have been resolved, and the villain's been defeated, and they haven't teased another one. Harry still is resentful of Spider-Man, 
but that's, you know, normal to be expected. And then, uh, Mary Jane obviously is still harboring feelings for Peter Parker, even though he rejected her. So that's all character arcs that could be furthered in a sequel, but they don't have to be. If that was the last Spider-Man movie, it would have been a solid self-contained story. And it's not until the second movie where they have him finding the his dad's lab behind the mirror, and he pulls out the canister of the serum, and, you know, it's like a... It's a very obligatory plot thread that'll be picked up later. But it's it's assuming that they'll get a sequel. So it's not if if they didn't, then it would have been um would have been left unresolved. I'm not exactly sure what the point I'm trying to make here is. But I I think it would have been just a little bit better. It would have helped improve the show. If instead of just the cliffhangers you have to pick up later I think it would be more interesting if the story resolves itself at the end of every season but there's still character growth that could take place and there's still relationships that could be furthered in the next season because I think beyond all the the 80s homages and the horror and the gore and like you know the crazy stuff that goes on in the show the heart of it is the characters it wouldn't be as good if it wasn't so well-written and well-performed, and if the characters didn't continue to develop throughout the course of the show. So I think that that would have made for an overall stronger narrative, because I think in season three it becomes very clear... Excuse me. Sorry about that. I don't know if that came through in the recording, but I sort of just hacked. Anyway, uh, I think in season three it becomes really clear that the this this premise, the premise of this show doesn't really lend itself to an ongoing story. It doesn't really, like, lend itself to an uh, to long-form storytelling. I mean... Uh, I don't really know how to... I mean, obviously, a whole season of television is certainly more long-form than just a movie. But I think multiple seasons of television, it's sort of starting to stretch it. Like... The the stuff with the Russians and the the Mind Flayer rebuilding itself in this season, uh, I don't know. I think I think it's like it didn't have to happen. This the characters are sort of thrust into this plot a lot less naturally. And I mean, it does tie into like the opening of the Starcourt Mall and all this stuff. But in my opinion, it seemed really contrived. Like this stuff, none of this stuff could have happened. Or this stuff could have happened. And I guess just, uh, I don't know. Like it's just, it's 100% by coincidence that the the setup of this season, like how it works he just happens to build this thing that happens to intercept the thing and then they can figure it out and like i don't know they keep sort of like falling up in a sort of way like there's no reason for them to really be involved in this story like this could take place with totally other characters and it wouldn't matter like in contrast to the first season where it all takes place because of an abduction there's a reason that these characters are all involved in this story they don't just sort of like haphazardly get thrown into a new adventure and 
to my rem- like remembering season two, I think it's a little bit better because you still have the the plot thread of of Will being possessed by something. But I think it's. I think this season the the setup isn't as well done, and I I maybe I can't really speak to the second season. Like I said, I don't really, I remember it better, but I don't think I remember the the beginning as well. I remember more the end. Hey, do you disagree with my opinions? My dog's in here again, guys. Uh, no big shock, I know, but he's growling. I hope it doesn't come through. Oh, where was I? I feel very serious. <clears throat> I feel very uptight in this episode. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because I'm tired. Maybe it's because I I want I want to go eat. Maybe it's because it's like 8:42 and I'm not really feeling doing this episode. Like I am cuz I'm bored, but at the same time it's sort of just a it it so weirdly feels like I guess I should talk about this. I don't necessarily want to. Maybe a couple years ago I would have, but I feel like I'm a little less into this show now than I was before. I don't know. I think I could have also called this uh, this show Giovanni Andreoli's Tastes Change. Because I've been exploring a lot over these first four episodes. That I have changed a lot in terms of my nerdiness since uh, since like a couple years ago even. I don't know, it's weird. Anywho, uh... Yeah, I don't know if I explained my point very well, but I think, like, this Russians thing, they've invented a new bad guy because they defeated the HVM or something. That might not be it, but whatever. It was, you know, the big corporation in the last one. They took them down, and they closed the gate and all that stuff. And it could have, I mean, it doesn't, like, have to continue. If you take out that shot where it flips upside down and the mind flyers above the school and the upside down, there's absolutely no reason that this show would keep going. I mean, for the most part, everything's been resolved, and there's no... It seems like they painted themselves into a corner and then didn't have a plan to get out, or or wrote themselves in a corner and didn't know how to get out. It's sort of like um, what happened with... uh, Well... Like I said, sort of like what happened. But uh, with Force Awakens to Last Jedi, where J.J. Uh, Abrams set up a bunch of mystery boxes and and a lot of questions, and then the answers that Ryan Johnson provided really weren't satisfactory and sort of just spit in the face of all that setup. So it's it's not entirely like that, but I think the first season sets up all these questions. The second season, to a large... Like, to... A large part of its function was answering those questions. And then the third season, it doesn't really have any questions or answers. There's nothing that really needs to be resolved. It's just kind of there because... Uh, sequel. It doesn't seem like a story they had to tell, right? Like, it doesn't seem like there's more to this narrative. It's it's sort of like from Terminator and to Terminator 2 and then to Terminator 3... Terminator 3 was not necessary, but if you watch Terminator 1 and 2, they complement each other so well, it's like, well, you can't have one without the other, but, like, get to 3 and you're like, uh, actually, fuck off, I don't really need that. Oh, man, it's my first swear in this episode. I've been told I have a mouth, so I'm trying to keep it to, to a minimum. 
He says after saying the worst curse word. I know it's not the worst curse word. I know. Liberals. I'm just kidding. I'm liberal. I shouldn't have said that. I actually have listeners now. So they might they might talk to me about this. I, I have... Fans? Question mark? I'm not sure. I have fans. And I'm debating on whether or not I should, uh, I should grow more. You know? I mean, like, I could just, like, put this out into the world and, like, advertise it. But at the same time, I don't really know if I want to be the the sophomore with the podcast who swears a lot and, like, gets way too into movies. And what if a teacher finds out? I think that's my main concern, even more than just being judged by shitty kids because kids are just shitty, all of them. Kids to teenagers. I mean, teenagers is obviously the worst. It's like where you peak before you start going down the mountain and like when you're an adult, you're kind. But I don't know. Can you imagine one of my teachers being like, I'm here, I hear tell, like some hubbub hubbub, have you heard? This kid, and then they find it because it's not hard to find. I, um, I've been told it's very, very easy to find, which shocked me. And then they're like, well, that drastically changes my view of this kid. I don't know. I probably should have just kept it a clean show, and I probably would have been way more comfortable with it. I don't know. But that's sort of just my sense of humor is being crass and like a total dickhead. Um, I wish that... So I'm not sure why, but on, you know, other shows where there's a lot of swearing, um, like podcasts, it has the, it has a little explicit symbol next to it, but mine doesn't, and I'm not sure why, I guess nobody listened to it, because, I mean, obviously, but I thought it would have been, would have been amazing if it actually was rated explicit, and then every, every time I started the show, I could be like, hey, welcome back to Giovanni Andrelli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more, and, uh, just a quick word of advice, the E is not for everyone. I was so proud of myself for that, but it doesn't really make sense because the E is not there. But uh, but if you listen to this, and I can like refer to you, like refer you back to that. So maybe the intro, the new intro could be maybe episode five starts with, "Hey, welcome back to Giovanni Andrelli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more." And just quick heads up, uh, the E is not for everyone. And if you don't understand that joke, I refer you back to episode four. 17 minutes and 30 seconds and you should get the joke then. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. Is it? I don't know. Hit me up on the gram. I'm just kidding. Um, where was I? That was a weird tangent. Um, yeah, I feel like the, the plot of this show is contrived and the characters don't really need to be involved in the story. Next. Um, so Hopper dies. I'm gonna have to go back and include a spoiler warning. Don't worry, I'll, I'll do it. It'll be like us sending back a good Terminator to stop the bad Terminator. I'll make that joke in the intro too. This is gonna be crazy. You guys are gonna, your minds are gonna explode when you hear this part. Uh, Hopper dies, and it's really, really sad because the the last episode of the show, I didn't cry. I feel like I could have, but I just was really tired. It was like. Breathed, breathed in the mic. Dang it. I've been trying to do better. I'm breathing to the side like that kid from that meme that one time. You know what I'm talking about. Never mind, I'm not going to say your name. I don't know. I don't know how people feel about that. 
there's like very few people that listen to this. Would they be would they be offended if I like said their names? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going to I'm going to keep it on the DL for now. Uh Hopper dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he writes that letter. The letter was that was really hard and I think even more than that it was the fact that they're moving away and I was like, "Oh my god." I mean, I had friends like that before I left, uh, before I moved here, like, farther out of the city, and, um, wow, man, that, that hit me pretty hard, I was like, Jesus, I can't imagine being my age now and having to leave my friends, I mean, there's a bit, a large part of me that wants to, like, move to Philly, or New York, or Boston, or, or, like, literally anywhere else, but at the same time, I don't want to lose, like, leave my friends, that would, that would suck, and, like, it's weird, not, like, finances, and, like, finding a place to live, and finding a job doesn't scare me, and that probably should, but I think what's been getting to me more and more thinking about the future, and I know I don't really have to, but I do, uh, is, like, making new friends, like, for a while, I'm gonna be in this weird stationary period where I won't have any friends, because if I move somewhere else, no one's gonna move with me, presumably. I mean, unless I have a roommate, I'm basically just gonna have to, like, find friends at a new job. Uh, but you know what I've been discovering recently? Work friends are the best friends, and I'll talk about that a little later, but work friends? I really like work friends. Uh, Hopper, Hopper dies. (laughs) I keep repeating that after I go on a tangent. Uh, but, uh, Hopper dies, and I... I really hope this sticks because it's so emotionally impactful and I think while his character was definitely played up, like he became way more of a character in this season, like in the beginning with the whole, you know, the whole thing of him going a little crazy because uh, of Mike and, and L. I sort of related to that. I mean, I've had that kind of conversation with my parents. Um... But, I mean, they didn't go psycho and drive me home, but why would they drive me home? Um, I would presumably already be home. They're not giving me that talk at someone else's house. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, I think the, I think he was, he was played up, he was played more for comedy, and he was definitely always at 11. He was always super angry. There wasn't a lot of, like, mellow moments for him until the very end. But I think that's okay. I mean, it got annoying at certain points, but I'm not sure. I I think the ending was still as impactful as it was intended to be. And it was a really, really great conclusion to the season. However, fuck the post credit scene. Seriously, fuck it so hard, it dies. I can't believe that that's how this season ended it was so much better when it was just the melancholy final note and there was no reason to continue this i mean i'm not i don't know of course i'm gonna watch it like first weekend but it seems it's it seems so done like it 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 seemed done i think before this season and i and and then it came out, and I think it it while maybe not necessarily like like this this show could have ended at two, but season three was a nice 
finale. It was, it was really good, and it wraps stuff up really well. And I thought it was a great conclusion. I don't think that there needs to be more. I really don't. Like, to me, everything's been resolved, and the characters are in an emotional place, but they'll heal. And it was all really well done. I don't think that there needs to be a third, or my bad, a fourth season, especially if it's gonna be the same stupid Russian plotline. Like, that was probably the least interesting part of this season to me. And I don't know, man. Uh, oh yeah, so they have the guy. They have the Demon Gorgon eat that one guy's face, but then they also pass by the cell and they say not the American or whatever. If that's Hopper, I'm gonna lose it. That's like, that's so stupid. I hate when that's when deaths like that are cheapened. Like if, God, I'm gonna have to include spoilers for Endgame too. If Iron Man comes back after Endgame, I will flip. That's just, that cheapens that moment. Or if Black Widow comes da- comes back, like, that cheapens those moments. There's, like, they, they lose their emotional impact if, if eventually they're just back and fine. And I don't think that's very good storytelling. Like, if you have an emotional, impactful death, keep it that way. There's no reason to continue when clearly, you know, death is the ultimate end. So, there's no reason to keep going past the ultimate end. Like, I don't understand. I'll never understand that. I mean, I know it's to make money, but seriously, just do something else. Like, do something else, in my opinion. I know a lot of people probably don't feel that way and are clamoring for season four, but in my opinion, I think it should be done. I do remember an interview with the Duffer Brothers way back, in, right after season one, and I do think they said that they'd be done by season four, and I hope that's true, and they don't, like, sell out, because I feel like it's already being stretched pretty thin, and I have no idea where they could go in the in the fourth that would really feel like a new direction. It'd just be more Russians, more Demogorgons, and, like, maybe Hopper comes back, and that's three things that I don't really want to see. I think it's interesting that they've said about, they have like their, you know, every show, every TV show has like a Bible. So that's like a sort of a master, like, like a, I don't know, a Bible is a pretty good description of it. And it's got like, I don't know what I was going to say, master key, master file, master list. I have no idea. But, uh, but it's basically, yeah, it's like a Bible. It's, it's compiled of like, scripts and outlines for future stories and character breakdowns and um like a lot of times it it has like details about like the tone or like what this is sort of drawing from so i'm sure somewhere in that bible it probably says something about like this is steven spielberg meets stephen king and it's got a little bit of et and you know blah 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 it's probably got the same observations that everyone who watched the first season made they probably included those in in this Bible to, to show what they wanted the show to look like. That happens with a lot of TV shows. They they often will include details about what kind of is their inspiration to give people a feel for what the show will look like. Because you can envision stuff that's happened before and kind of see where maybe this could go. But their Bible, the way they've described it, is kind of interesting. It seems like it's more concerned with outlining every last detail of the Upside Down. 
However, I think it's really interesting that they took that approach because to me, it seems like the same things keep happening and it doesn't really seem like anything that interesting is, is occurring. I think the the plot this season with the with the weird goopy monsters and stuff, I think it was really cool. Maybe I missed something, but I'm not entirely sh- like clear on why they were like thirsting for chemicals. I don't really get that. But uh I think it I think it was interesting enough, but it wasn't focused on in a way that really like overshadowed what the season was really about, which was characters. So, I think that's good. I think that's it's better that 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 those elements are kept on the periphery, but I don't know. It just didn't like have a big, big impact. And I know they're going in a different direction, but at the same time, they really aren't. It's sort of just combining demodogs with the mind flayer. And I didn't think it was really all that threatening either. Like it, it kills one person, but like, well, I mean, it, it kills one person that we actually care about, but I don't really think, or I mean, I don't even really care about him. It kills, what's his name? Is it Billy? I think it's Billy. It kills him in the mall but I don't know I don't really that didn't really have a a big impact on me not like like um damn it what's his name from uh from season two I don't remember what is that Sean Astin Sean Astin's character whatever his name was like his death to a monster that sucked, that I felt, but this, I mean, I don't know, it's not really the same, and it's a cool design, but it's, I don't know, something about it, it just doesn't really work for me the same way uh, the Demogorgon did, or like, even the Demodogs to a certain extent, actually, no, not the Demodogs, scratch that, the Mind Flayer, the original Mind Flayer, that design is really, really cool, and I think it works better, the only design to ever work better as, like, smoke, and like obscured by darkness i think it's i think that that's really good those designs are really creative and i like them a lot but at this point it seems like the upside down has kind of been exhausted and i don't know i'm not i'm not entirely sure where they can go maybe they got some crazy cool ideas and we'll just have to wait and see um but i think it's interesting that that's true because it seems like we we still don't know almost anything about the the upside down like how it works why this is happening why it keeps attacking why does it want to take over the world is it just because like why are there there's like upside down duplicates of the characters in this season maybe or maybe that was just an apparition i'm not entirely sure i don't know it just seems like they're adding more elements without really explaining any of the old ones and maybe that's okay maybe they should stray away from that like maybe they know the answers so they're operating within rules that we can figure out but they're never going to expressly tell us which is okay i mean shows like twin peaks teach you answers aren't as satisfying answers aren't as satisfying as questions and sometimes or, or or any horror franchise ever it's it's never a good idea to over-explain the monster. It, that stuff works better when you don't have all the answers. Sorry if you just heard two obnoxious taps. I had to um, pause the recording. My dad got home, and then I had to walk the dogs. But uh, I'm back. Back, baby. Uh, so I was talking about how I felt that the plot was a little contrived and answers are more satisfying than questions. I think I'm going to move on from that point, because I think I explained it as well as I'm going to. Um, 
Sorry, I take a big, big breath out. Don't want to get any more mic taps. <laughs> How much you want to bet I just did one right there? Um, I think that I, th- I think my favorite part of the season was um, Max and Eleven. Or or just the general exploration of teenage romance of how like one day it's sunshine and rainbows and the next it's like storm clouds and dead flowers. I don't know. I couldn't really think of a way to complete that analogy. But um I think that was really interesting and, and it was fun to see them kinda go from smoochy smoochy to I dump your ass to let's do a little more smoochy smoochy. Um and Max like encouraging Eleven to be like uh, herself and like actually find herself because she's kind of just been you know the that girl with superpowers for a while and now she's actually like developing her own style and doing her own thing and I think that's really cool um I think like I said just my least favorite part was in general the Russians I think that whole plot was I don't know not underdeveloped but just like I don't know it's kind of lame in my opinion I did think that the the Terminator guy was really cool, and I thought that Alexi was really fun. And it did really suck when he died, man. That sucked. I didn't really see that coming. I mean, I wasn't, like, bawling or anything, but I, I don't know. I was like, oh, man, that guy. I really like that guy. It's like um, Benny, the the burger joint, the the, ben, the earner. The earner. I don't know how to talk human now. Uh, no, the the owner of the burger joint in season one, when he got capped in the head, I was like, oh, no, the only man who's ever been nice to Eleven. Um, but, but yeah, I thought it was really fun, and it was, it was interesting, like, him and, uh, Joyce's relationship, that was really fun. They're just kind of like, you know, she's, like, sort of standing up for him and trying to understand him, and Hopper's like, god damn it stop and um i thought that was really fun and like comedic and interesting um i feel like there's a few more things i wanted to say but i don't i don't totally remember i think definitely the characters were a highlight in the season it was it was interesting that you didn't really see a lot of um i feel like this was in some ways no one's season. It was everyone's season and no one's season. Everyone got a lot like to to do and simultaneously nothing to do. I feel like um I feel like Will keeps getting the shaft so hard. Like oh that sounded grossly sexual. I did not mean it to. I think he's he's the least like focused on. I think a season where he not I guess he's like the main focus in that he's the MacGuffin, you know, he's the quest that they're all going on. They're trying to find him in the first season, and they're trying to save him in the second. And in the third, he just kind of gets tingles on his neck, and that's about it. I think every other character did a lot more than he did. The only thing I think, like, stand out for his character was, you know, the sort of freak-out thing with him being, like, or with Will being, like, or no, my bad. Mike. With Mike saying, you know, what did you think? We we're gonna sit in my basement and play games forever. And that that was pretty emotional and that, that hit pretty hard. Uh, I think that was a really good aspect of this season. But other than that, I didn't think he had like a ton to do. But 
that's okay because it definitely allowed for other characters like more ancillary characters to come in i loved um i loved steve in this season even more i think than the last one and his relationship with robin i think she was really cool and it sucked that he didn't like get to you know start a relationship with her romantically but i think it's cool that they can just be friends and it was uh you know it was I don't, not a twist, but it was a, an aspect of the story that I didn't see coming, you know? I thought for sure they'd end up together by the end of the season, but I was actually, in the end, glad they didn't. I think it's more interesting and, and more unique that they don't. I'm always down for, a, like, just a friendship between a guy and a girl. It doesn't always have to be romantic, which is, I don't know, it was a definite highlight of the season, especially because a lot of it focuses on romance. I think it's cool that some of it doesn't. Uh, I guess another negative, I thought, uh, at times, Lucas's sister could get a little grating. I mean, she was fun at, at times, but also, I forgot she was Lucas's sister. I, like, I had to be reminded of that by the show. I just thought she was some random girl. But it was cool how they, like, used her in their plan, and, and, um, how she was, like, a nerd but didn't want to admit it. I thought that was cool, but... I don't know. She did get a little annoying at times. Uh, other than that, though, I think that really wraps up my thoughts on this season. I thought it was really good, but um, not perfect, of course, but what show is terrible. Um, I'm just kidding. Kind of. Season one and three, though. God damn, that show is good. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have a lot much, a lot more to say. I I love the show, and I'll definitely watch a fourth season, even though I don't necessarily want it. Uh, if Hopper's back, I'm throwing a brick at the TV. And, um, yeah, that wraps it up. I got a few more things I want to say before I get out of here. Uh, I will, I'm in the middle of watching Hot Fuzz right now, and I'd like to do a little mini Edgar Wright spectacular. That Those words are oxymorons, but, uh, I really like uh, Edgar Wright. If you don't know who he is, he's a kind of eccentric uh, filmmaker. I think he's from the UK. I'm not sure, but uh, he he makes he quietly makes some of like the greatest comedies of the last couple of years, and no one really notices. I'm I mean certainly it's there's a lot of his movies that are called classics, but I think that they should get more exposure, and they're some of my favorite movies, so I'd like to talk about them. My favorite of his is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, I'm working through Hot Fuzz right now. This is the first time I've ever seen it. I watched a little bit of it on a flight to Atlanta one time, but uh, I haven't seen it the whole way through. Uh, as of this moment, I only have an hour left, so I'll probably finish that either tomorrow or if not tonight. Um, I can't wait to talk about Scott Pilgrim. I'll probably include Baby Driver in that discussion. I'd like to talk about Shaun of the Dead and um, uh, World's End, I think. I think that's what it's called, uh, if I can find them. Uh, I'll check a couple other streaming services in the library, and and, and yeah, I'd like to do, do all of his movies. So I guess in a way, I've just sort of ballooned this from being a mini-spectacular into just kind of an all-encompassing episode kind of talking about the filmography of a filmmaker who I think to a certain degree is underappreciated and should get a lot more recognition for the stuff that he does because it's really really great 
So coming soon, not necessarily next episode. I'm I'm thinking next episode might be more comic centric. So if you're into that, get excited, I guess. But uh, somewhere down the down the line, I'm definitely gonna talk about uh, Edgar Wright. So yeah, if you want to be up to date on that, check it out. Um, for now, I'm gonna wrap the episode up by talking about work friends, like I said I would. And, um, bedtime stories. Kind of weird. Neither of those things are related, but, uh, a couple days ago, I did a family movie night. It's been a while since we've done one. My parents and I, we just sat down and ate, did dinner with a movie. Um, and we watched Bedtime Stories, the Adam Sandler movie, just because it's on Netflix. And, uh, my parents have me pick the movie pretty much every time. And there's a lot of pressure there because none of us have the same tastes. My mom likes a lot more broad of comedy. Um, and doesn't really like action. My dad likes action, but not sci-fi. And, uh, we both like cheesy 80s movies and, like, like, boxing movies and and Rambo and, like, uh, Arnold movies and stuff. And she doesn't, so it's really hard to juggle all those tastes. Um, but I thought, hey, this is trending now. You guys like some Adam Sandler stuff. Let's just watch it. They've talked to me about it before, and they said they liked it. So... And, and yeah, actually, I, I agree with them. I thought it was not great, but I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I still like Happy Gilmore better just because that's that, you know, the more crude, uh, like unfiltered Sandler before he kind of went off the handle. I, like he still had a, a little bit raining him back. I think that movie's just the funniest of his. But aside from that, I thought this movie was really cute. It kind of had, like, a goofy charm to it. Uh, Towards the end of the movie, I was starting to get a little bit sick of it, and I didn't think that the ending was fantastic, but I thought for the type of movie that it is, you know, a children's movie from Disney starring Adam Sandler telling bedtime stories that come to life, it was surprisingly clever, and, like, the way he tied the stories into his personal life I thought that was really fun, and if it's not, you know, it doesn't have to be, like, fucking royal bombs. I don't know, it can just be, like, that was an odd example, I was just trying to think of, like, the best written, like, most clever movie I could think of, and for some reason that jumped to the top of the list, uh, but I think it's, like, perfectly clever for the niche that it's filling, and I'd definitely watch it again, like with my girlfriend or with younger cousins. I think it's pretty fun to just flip on and have a few laughs and be like, hey, it's a Ferrari, but that's just a red horse, you know? And then, um, last, uh, last but certainly not least, I just wanted to say a few things about work friends. Uh, I have had jobs in the past, but they were like pretty solo-led. It was kind of like, okay, you're here, uh, go do this thing that we need you to do totally isolated from everyone and you're just gonna you know do that thing for like eight hours and it's cool at first it's definitely awesome to say i have a job but at the same time it's um it's definitely lonely and i'm very appreciative to be at a job now where i work with a lot of different people every day and uh and i i've really like grown close to some of them like i feel like I don't know, we have, like, funny conversations, and we're, like, talking about, like, pop culture, but, like, also, you know, like, hey, what do you want to do with your life, and that kind of stuff, you know, and I get some advice from some people, because, obviously, they're all older than me, not in a bad way, I'm just saying, like, more, 
you know, knowledge of the world than a 14-year-old idiot with a podcast. But uh, I don't know. That's like an interesting dynamic. I think there's something really cool about... I know I was saying last episode, I was sort of waxing poetic about, you know, the random bits of hospitality. And I think there's something super cool, like, sort of breakfast clubby and, like, premise of a bunch of people, like, a bunch of strangers just being kind of thrown together. And, like, none of us are really alike. Like, I mean, I don't know. But we we find, like, common interests because, you know, you're working together and you're seeing each other around. And that's really cool. And, like... I don't know, that's just interesting. It's it's a lot different than school where you can kind of weed out the people that you don't, you know, want to hang around with. It's like everybody's here and you just kind of become like a little work family. I think that's really, really, really cool. And there's something really special about that. And uh, yeah, some of you guys, I, I know you're listening right now. Maybe, I don't know. You said you would. Are you? No, you you are. I'm I'm fairly confident. I'm expecting a reference to at least one joke in this episode tomorrow. But uh you got some of you guys have been like my biggest supporters and I don't really like share my creative work with a lot of people like this me doing a podcast now. Like I said I've done ones in the past, but they're just voice memos saved on my phone. They didn't go anywhere. Like this is the first time I'm actually putting myself out into the world to like potentially a lot of people and I think I've been struggling with do I really want to give this the exposure that I know I could because what are the ramifications of that and I'm not totally sure but uh you guys have been really supportive and it's really fun to like talk to you about stuff so yeah you know guys uh, if you're listening and you're not just the work friends I've been mentioning uh you should get a job Maybe you'll, like, find some really cool people there. Uh, But, yeah, that's about it. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening and for your support. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at GiovanniAndreoli21. And I'm thinking about, like, setting up an email for the show to, like, email in topic suggestions or questions for me to answer on the show. Um, I might even launch a website. Nothing big. Just a Google site, probably. Uh, I've tried to make websites before. And, uh, like, you know, you buy the domain for, like, $12 for two years or whatever. This was a, this was not a highly sought-after domain, clearly. But, um, and it didn't really work. And I know you're probably thinking, well, well, you probably bought it from a shady site. I bought it from Google, so, whatever. It didn't work, and I'm a little weary of, uh, doing that again, but I might, like, just, you know, have the super long URL of googlesites.com slash blah blah blah, so... We'll see if that shakes out. Uh, But in the meantime, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And uh, yeah, I will see you back here for the next episode. Peace.